listening to Saints Unscripted, formerly known as Three Horses. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. So growing up in the Mormon church was an amazing experience. I was influenced by wonderful parents, awesome brothers, and lots of people ask me growing up, like, what was it like being a kid in the Mormon church? So it all starts when I was nine years old. Uh, I had been baptized just for about a year, and in baptism, you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and that means that you have the accompaniment of a figure of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost with you to lead and guide you on your path. There was a specific experience that I remember. It was the first time that I truly felt the Holy Ghost and it really charged me to want to learn more about how we can come closer to Jesus Christ and in turn know if the restoration of the gospel actually happened. And so um, when I was nine, my parents went to Germany to pick up my older brother who was on his mission, and they were gone for two weeks. I was staying at this family's house. It was like wintertime, February, and I had just moved from California. And so I was still wearing shorts, and Sister Anderson was like, Ian, you got to go upstairs and put on pants. It's too cold outside. And I'm like, okay, all right. My friend, he had soccer practice, and I was going to go and just like watch him for his soccer practice because I followed him everywhere. He was like my only friend. And so I went upstairs changed some clothes so I could be warmer. And on my way down the stairs, I had this deep impression that I had never felt before. I was this nine-year-old, so I was kind of confused. This deep impression to not go. And I told her, I said, look, I don't think I'm going to go. And she's like, really? That's weird. Okay. Long story short, this deep impression by the Holy Ghost was something that I needed to follow because on the way to the soccer practice, they got T-boned. And uh, the side of the car that I was sitting on was completely smashed in. And I would have been terribly injured and could have been fatal. I'm not really sure what would have happened. But it was in that moment that I discovered that I needed to gain a personal relationship with God. Because as a nine-year-old, I had that little bit, little bit of knowledge that there could be tough times. And I'm going to need some guidance from the Lord. And if I don't follow the promptings of the Holy Ghost... I could be on the left side of a car getting T-boned. It's interesting because in life, you don't really know what's going to happen. And so it's really important that we follow the will of Jesus Christ, the will of God, and follow the Holy Ghost so that we can follow the will of God. And so when I was nine, this little seed of faith just kind of bloomed. I was like, whoa. And so I called my mom who was in Germany. I said, mom, I think I felt the Holy Ghost. She was like, why? And I was like, because I didn't die. And then she freaked out. And that was probably not a good way of explaining it. But then I told her what happened. And she was like, well, good job for listening. And so growing up in the church, lots of people think, oh, you're a Mormon because your parents are a Mormon, which to an extent is true. Like I was born into the church. They raised me. They brought me to church. But there's one important factor that lots of people are missing when they say, ah, you're Mormon because your parents are Mormon. And they're missing the fact that the gospel is a gospel of choices. I never was forced to do anything. My parents never said, if you don't go to church, you're losing this type of privilege. Or if you don't go to church you're going to get grounded. Like that was never the way that my parents taught me how to live my life. It was always, these are the blessings. These are the principles. And if you apply them, we promise you that you will be happy. And so that was enticing to me. But of course, as a teenager and, you know, as a kid, I wanted to be rebellious. I didn't want to follow everything that my parents said. Organized religion to an extent was kind of boring. I was like, I don't want to sit through three hours of church all the time. It was probably when I was around 14 years old or 13 I decided to read the Book of Mormon all the way through. We had read it as a family like every night. 
and I had to read my five verses as we tried to finish up a chapter, and then we would move on to the next night and finish up a chapter. But when I was 14 or 13, I decided, I'm going to do this for myself. And that was a great experience because it was in those moments that I opened up the book for myself um, without any preconceived notions, not even thinking, oh, this book is true, but I'm going to read it anyways. I remember distinctly thinking, I'm just going to read this as a new book. I've read parts of it before, but I'm going to open it up and I'm going to search for myself because I know that I'm a child of God and God wants me to have a personal relationship with him. And I thought back to when I was nine and I was like, God is aware of me. He wants me to know certain things whether it's to stay alive, like in that situation, or to learn of truth so that I can live a successful life. So reading the Book of Mormon that way really helped me because there were no preconceived notions, but I had the idea that God was going to guide me on this path. And so I read it and I finished it. And my mom and dad, they were never like, are you going to pray about it now? I let them know that I read it. And they said, hey, did you pay attention to the end? And I'm like, yeah, it says in Moroni 10, 3 through 5, that I'm supposed to pray about it. And they're like, yeah, you can do that whenever you want. And you don't have to let us know because sometimes answers from God take a while. Sometimes they're like a light switch and sometimes they're like a sunrise where they take a little bit of time in in order for you to feel all of the light of truth. It was great because I never felt pressured from my parents. And I know that's not the case for everyone. But luckily I grew up with parents that were confident in the invitation that the Book of Mormon gave me and has, has given millions of people, which is to have faith in Christ, thinking of all the blessings that you've had, looking at the Book of Mormon as something that could bless your life, applying those principles, and then pray with the real intent, humble enough to know that whatever answer God gives you, you will follow. Humble enough to know that when you pray, he can give you an answer. That was the type of mindset that I had reading the Book of Mormon and then praying about it. And I remember my mom was practicing the organ, and I was cuddled up on the couch, and I decided to throw the blanket over my head and just kind of like, I just really wanted to be alone, and I prayed about it. And I was kind of anxious praying about it because... I was scared that it wasn't going to be true because I was humble enough to say to God, like, look, I've grown up with this. I want to know of the truth, but I want to hear it from you. It was in that moment that he gave me so much light and happiness. And no one can tell me that it's not true anymore because I had a personal spiritual experience with my heavenly father that I can't even describe the feelings other than lightness and happiness. Um, And the Book of Mormon became the keystone of my testimony. It was the pinnacle of my conversion. If the Book of Mormon was true, then I was able to, you know, further dive into the gospel of Jesus Christ and compare it to the Bible and compare it to old prophets and living prophets and compare it to the Book of Mormon. So then I started to apply the principles of the Book of Mormon. And for me, application of something that you are learning is the perfect example of humility and As a teenager, it's really hard to be humble. It's hard to say, I probably shouldn't be a part of that crowd. Or, yeah, I probably should live a chaste life. That's that's the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ, is that it gives you an, an enlarged perspective of what's to come. Around 16, my dad, he was a branch president, which is like a pastor or a bishop. He was on his way to do a late night interview with someone in his ward that was having issues. And so we were watching the World Series. It's 2009. And I remember my dad saying, like, ah, I got to go. And it was a 30 minute drive to get to the church. And I went to bed that night and I woke up with the police. They woke me up with a flashlight and said, your mom has filed for a missing persons report. Um, Can you please come down and talk to her and things like that? And I just saw my mom and she was in hysteria. She was worried about my dad. She went out in the middle of the night looking for him. Um, I went to school and I got called down to the office and I found out, you know, long story short, that my dad had passed away in a motorcycle accident. And If I could describe feelings of sadness and feelings of heartache and tragedy, 
I would use this example because in this moment, it felt like my happy life had just turned on its axis and turned into something that was very dark. I felt a dark presence. My dad was gone. I didn't fully believe that because it was instant. And I went home and found my mom and she was crying. And I just said, everything's going to be okay. But I didn't really know what was going on. And I was just trying to cope with the situation. There were several people at my house there to give us condolences and also to comfort us. And this was a moment where I had to figure out if I was going to live with my family after death. There's something uh, in the Mormon church where we talk about the plan of salvation, where we're able to understand that we have a divine nature, which means we come from God and can be with God. So we can understand where we came from, why we are here, and where we will go after this life. And this involves resurrection and living with our families for all eternity. But my main issue right now was, am I going to be able to see my dad again? And this was really heavy. Like, I didn't know what to do other than to kneel down and pray. And so I just locked myself in a bathroom for about three hours. And kind of like how it says in the scriptures, I wrestled with God. I was mad. I was so mad. God had taken my dear father away from me. I just blamed everything on him. And I was so mad and angry and just kind of wanted to lash it all out. And so for a couple hours, I did that. But there was a moment in my prayer where that Holy Ghost came back and said, calm down. And I was like, my dad just passed away. What do you mean calm down? Like, that doesn't sound like the right thing to do right now. I, my instant reaction was to be aggressive, to be mad, to hold it in. But that voice of saying, calm down and ask the question. I was like, yeah, I really do want to know if I can see my dad again. So all of this anger, when I asked Heavenly Father with real intent to really know humbly if I would see my dad again, I remember instantly these feelings changed to happiness. And I immediately stopped crying and there was this change about my disposition. It wasn't just a spiritual change because I decided to be humble and ask God and not be mad at him. But there was a physical change about me. I felt like Heavenly Father picking me up and like lifting me up and physically helping me and comforting me. It reminds me of the Book of Mormon when Alma the Younger is explaining to his son how he was in, you know, the wrath and depths of hell because of all of the sins that he had committed. My situation was different. I was just mad. But he really needed repentance. And when he prayed to God, calling out to Jesus, saying, please, you know, save my soul, he remembers the same feeling of all of the sorrow and anger that you could have felt made a full 180 and turned into joy and happiness. When I decided to ask Heavenly Father if, you know, these things were true, if I truly wanted to repent. And that was the exact same thing that happened to me. And I had remembered that scripture when it happened. And... I felt the presence of God. I felt like there was a plan and there was a trajectory for me to move on. When God gives you these opportunities to grow, you have two ways that you can take. You can take the way of pride and anger and you can wallow uh, in your sadness and in your sin. Or you can take the much harder route, which is to realize that in the long run, everything's going to be okay. And you decide, I'm going to apply the scriptures, which to many these days sounds very illogical. But you say, I'm going to test this out and I'm going to try my hardest to be happy. And I found out that every moment in my life in the conversion that I've lived, there have been two distinct roads. You can take the easy route like, well, pff, I'm not going to be a member of the church anymore because my dad just passed away with like, what now? But then I could take the other route, which was be still, which in the scriptures we see all the time. You know, when we're ever anxious or sad, it was be still. And whenever I would be praying about the Book of Mormon or praying to know if I would see my dad again or praying to know if modern day revelation was true, there was this feeling of be still. This idea of be still wasn't saying like, please stop talking. 
this idea of be still was calm down and ask your questions. And I have grown to love questions. That has been a part of my conversion process. Up until this day, I don't even know everything about the eternities or about the life of Joseph Smith. I strive every day to learn more about the gospel. But this idea that Heavenly Father is a father that wants you to ask him questions brings me so much happiness and hope, and it has worked every time for me. My conversion hasn't been like a moment in time where I prayed about the Book of Mormon and, oh, I know everything now. Or I prayed to know if I could see my, my dad again and that my family would live together. Oh, I'm fine. I have no more questions. There have been questions all the time. Doubts all of the time. Almost every day I'm like, huh, what about this? Or what about this? And so my testimony that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the restored gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't come from me growing up in the church and my mom and dad telling me. Uh, it doesn't come from a single prayer. It doesn't come from a single action where I help someone on my mission and they applied the gospel of Jesus Christ and I saw how it helped their whole family. It wasn't like that. It was a personal decision to want to know more. And that's what I love about the gospel is that it's an invitation. In the Book of Mormon, it says, pray to know if these things are true and they shall be re revealed unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you ask your questions with real intent, wanting to know of the truth and not giving up, there have been times where I've asked questions and I haven't really received the answer. And that's really sad. It's really hard to know that God isn't willing to just extend his hand and give me the answer or to take me out of tribulation. But it's nice to know that I have the Holy Ghost with me to keep me strong through those times so that I can always be lifted up um, through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Yeah, so growing up in the church uh, didn't mean that I was indoctrinated. It didn't mean that I was forced to be a disciple or a Latter-day Saint. Um, being a member of the church um, ever since I was a little kid, I feel very blessed because I've had a great community, um, great family, uh, but it, it also, the gospel has helped me understand that I can ask questions and it's okay to have doubts, but it's always important to want to resolve them and resolve them with your heavenly father, resolve them with living prophets and scriptures so that you can have the full effect that the spirit can testify to you the truth of these things. I know that Joseph Smith, I know for myself that he truly was the prophet of the restoration. I know that the gospel of Jesus Christ reaches to all people, living and dead. That the gospel isn't something that we're going to regret. I do not regret being a Latter-day Saint, though some people may look at me and think it's weird. I think, how blessed am I to know that Heavenly Father is aware of me and that he wants me to be happy and he wants me to live with my family for all time. I know that it's, it's hard to gain a testimony. It's been hard for me. And truly, a testimony isn't knowledge. I think those are different. A testimony is acting in faith, knowing that you might fail, but every failure just means that you're much closer to a successful spiritual growth. And so knowing that Jesus Christ is a resurrected being is knowledge, but applying the fact that his atonement can make me a better person is a testimony. And so I invite you, if you are a member or aren't a member, to try and build a testimony and act in faith because it is so worth it. In the long haul, it'll all work out and it brings everyone true happiness. And so make sure to follow our page. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at 3Mormons. And we're excited to see what you have to say in the comments and the DMs. Make sure to comment away and share with us your conversion story. Because sharing a conversion story is what really makes a testimony. Because when you bear one, you really gain one. But we'll see you guys later in our next episode, okay? And Forsyth out. That might be a new thing. Mm, Kirk out. It's like Star Trek. Forsyth out.
Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.